This is Zach Guilford from Midnight Mass, and you're listening to one of my favorite podcasts, Pop Culture Pastor. Pop Culture Pastor. Picture it. Um, a young, almost teenage Cody. And he had just got done surviving Y2K. Oh, man. Close one. Um, Steve from Blue's Clues leaving. Oh, dark days. Mavis Beacon teaching him how to type without <laughs> looking at his hands. It's a good skill. It is a good skill. But imagine a world where when you do an internet search, you ask a butler. Oh, yeah. In a world. <laughs> do, do you remember these dark days? Uh, are you referring to Ask Jeeves? I am referring to Ask Jeeves. How did, that, how did Google become Google, but Ask Jeeves didn't, didn't win that out? I wonder if it's because they dropped the Jeeves portion and oh. made it just ask.com. Oh, no, nah, that doesn't. What's what? I felt better when someone was serving me. But now <laughs> that no one's serving, um, <laughs> you lose me. Um, but like just thinking back to those days, like you would type in to a robotic butler, computerized butler. To answer your questions, what Google does for us without us even thinking about we it. We should ask ChatGPT to envision a world where Ask Jeeves wins the search engine wars. And uh, it probably couldn't have survived these days. It There's, probably couldn't. It's, it's a little problematic for our uh, very forward thinking nowadays. Oh, yeah. But back in the day when uh, you would tell the butler to pass the gray poupon... <laughs> It was nothing to think about <laughs> a computerized butler answering your questions. Man, and like, those are the days. I don't remember the name of the movie. You might. Um, it might have been just called The Campaign. Oh, with, yeah, yeah. With Zach Galifianakis and uh, Will Ferrell. But there's one line in that movie that I remember. Only one. And only one scene. And it's this scene. And Zach Galifianakis <laughs> says, it's worth a Google. Yeah, that that's it. Mm. And like, literally, if I could go back in time, I would just tell myself, why don't you just Google it? Yeah, we should just go through and list everything off, like just list things off about the early days of the Internet that we remember. Ask G am I hot dot com. <laughs> Hollywood Stock Exchange, which I mentioned a couple weeks ago on the you pod. You did, and I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, I was just buying stock for kicks and giggles. <laughs> ain't it cool news? For geeks, man, ain't it cool news was like the first real, like, that led the geek charge. Um, um, so I can remember in the early days of cell phone slash smartphone technology you could text cha-cha uh and they would answer random questions or send you jokes <laughs> i don't i don't know about that one that's not yeah i don't know you just text cha-cha and they would send you the answer so like you could cheat at pub stumpers but you couldn't <laughs> have your phone out so you couldn't cheat at pub stumpers oh man um of course you we'd be remiss if we didn't remember the glory days of napster Oh, all the free music, man. 
That was such a good deal. Um, and then LimeWire, all the free viruses. <laughs> all of them. Dude, we were watching. I mean, maybe I shouldn't say this on the pod. Eh, heck with it. Uh, I wasn't Christian then, and maybe the statute of limitations just run out, but we were watching all the movies, all the poorly taped camcorder movies in a theater. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Uh, it was bad, but if you wanted to watch it, like I would always go see the movie myself, but then if I wanted to repeat view it, I would just watch those. Ugh. Yeah. You're a bold man. And back in the day, if you didn't want to like stay up a nick at night to watch all like, you know, save friends or the Cosby show or whatever was on, like you could, you could get all the episodes. Happy days. <laughs> One, two, three, four happy days. All right. Yeah, so this is Pop Culture Pastor, where we reminisce about the days of yore and how impractical it was that you had to type in your search engine to go to a search engine named Ask Jeeves. To we downloaded music for free and reminiscing. Yeah. Uh, right. This is Pop Culture Pastor. I'm Dave. He's Cody. I am. And uh, yeah, we're here to talk about things we like to talk about. And random asides. I'm not really sure who this podcast is for. I mean, I'm speaking generally of just the pod. <laughs> like, we had our highest download day ever this past week. And I honestly still don't know who listens. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't understand what makes us attractive. <laughs> I mean, beyond the physical specimens we are. <laughs> I mean, like, why anyone wants to listen to us just have these conversations about, well, whatever. I think it's because somewhere out in the universe, someone understands and knows that I have one random Yanni song on my playlist. And that person who knows it is like, I'm going to subscribe and download everything. Like My mind is blown right now. I'm just going mentally through Yanni's entire catalog uh, that I know by heart. And that <laughs> As I'm, I'm one does. Trying to figure out what Yanni song. I'm just kidding. I don't have any Yanni songs. Um, his mustache back in the day was like the best mustache since John Oates. Oh, but John Oates, man, that was a classic mustache. That was. I mean, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. But I'd, I'd have to see Yanni's mustache. But, you know, like back in the 70s, we just, they had more of a mustache game than we do now. When people try to grow mustaches now, it just makes me, you know, distrust them. Um, I assume they have a mullet now. <laughs> Or they work for the police department, the local police department. <laughs> and have uh, donuts in their car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's almost like DJ's here, but he's not. Because this is the sort of rambling we kind of do when DJ's here. But um, we should get to some news items. Yes. This when I'm gone for a week, we ramble. Yeah. But now we're back on track. Yeah. Let's um, get to that news. Now that Cody's back, we can say, since you've been gone... I can't. Kelly Clarkson. I, I don't know the words. Anyways, uh, new data, according to ScreenRant.com, is where I'm looking at this article. Most trusted name in news. Doubtful, but we're going <laughs> to go with it. New data indicates that most Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power viewers never finished watching the series, Cody. <laughs> what jabronis? <laughs> Why would you even start it? <laughs> like, you know it's going to be an epic. 
Uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter, viewership for the Lord of the Rings Rings of Power may reflect the critiques with only 37% of viewers finishing the series domestically. Who are these loose cannons? Why would you start watching something to not finish it? It wasn't. I need to know how many continued on past the first episode, but then stopped before the last episode. Because after episode one, I get it if you stopped there. But if you kept going for a couple more episodes, you've already committed too much time to not be committed to the series. Yeah, they do not deep dive into the numbers like that. They just give us the totals. That seems like most people would have watched the first episode and then quit. Yes. But honestly, these days, we're so ADD now. Like, is that a surprise? I'd like to see other series numbers. Um, I also wonder. So we highlighted this as a strength of Amazon, but it might also be a risk factor, if you will, um, that maybe releasing weekly episodes is not so hot. Yeah. You catch a certain group of people if you can binge it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I think Stranger Things, I, I don't know, maybe this is a silly statement, but would Stranger Things be as viewed if it was not bingeable? If it came out week to week, I think you can only really do that if you, like, look at She-Hulk. Look at the Marvel stuff that releases week to week. Even this season of Mandalorian. Like, you're, I, I, bet, I bet they're losing viewers like crazy because if people aren't satisfied with it, if it doesn't knock it out of the park, if it's not a home run and you're releasing it week to week, uh, those numbers are going to drop. Andor did terrible numbers for a Star Wars show. Um, I still haven't finished. Yeah, and exactly. I finished Mandalorian though. Yeah, I delightful. Okay, I haven't watched the last one yet. So delightful. Don't, don't tell me. I doubt it. I'm, I'm feeling. Is, I'm feeling a little cynical. I'm going to be honest. This is my favorite season of Mandalorian. What? It, yeah. How yeah. can that possibly be? Well, when we do our review episode of the Mandalorian, and I go into spiritual formation and church theology and history, you will be like, oh my goodness, this is so deep. I didn't yeah. even realize it. Have you watched the new Ted Lasso yet? No. Because I thought it was delightful. And I we'll, imagine we'll, it will and we'll And we'll talk about that on the next Watch Along. Although I saw a spoiler that, spoiler, Arthur Bryant's barbecue sauce makes an appearance. Yeah, because Ted loves Arthur Bryant's. Makes um, sense. Yeah. So anyways... Yeah, people didn't finish watching Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. And I don't know what to think about it. I don't know if they're real Lord of the Rings fans at that point. Well, actually, I think they might be too real. Then they're not real enough. So many of the diehards didn't like it because it wasn't like the Silmarillion. It's just like, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Who's reading that? I don't know. I don't know. They say, well, well, it didn't match with this story and this story and this story. It's like, hey, here's the funny thing about those things you're listing off. The Tolkien family says it's not canon. Yeah, get it out of here. They can't make shows based on something they aren't allowed to use. It's trash. <laughs> That's what it is to the Tolkien family. In the podcast, wrap it up. <laughs> make sure and subscribe and give us a good rating. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, 45% of viewers finished it overseas, everywhere else. Uh, well, American viewers have more. That's because we do not have a good attention span. Folks. No, no. Um, this was also me making 
uh, news this week. Here, here's something interesting you might not have known, Cody. You can still get DVDs in the mail from Netflix. Why would I? I, I don't know, but I they still do ha- that, apparently. I The only device I can play them on is my Xbox One. Um, you only have five months left to do it. They're finally in, ending their DVD. And I need to know. I, someone listening is still getting DVDs from Netflix. There's at least, okay, one of you out there is still getting DVDs, and I need to know who it is and why. The one person that appreciates my Yanni song. <laughs> there's a there's probably a correlation between Yanni fans <laughs> and Netflix DVD subscribers. Yes, that's probably a direct. Is, is it causation or correlation though? I don't. I don't know. Could be causation. Gotta do more uh, statistical analysis. And I bet if you're a Yanni fan and you're still enrolled in the Netflix DVD program, you have a seventy eight percent chance of having a mustache. Fingers crossed this is real. <laughs> uh, right. So Netflix on September 29th, they put out a or they put out a statement said on September 29th, 2023, we will send out our last red envelope. They tweeted on Tuesday. It's, um, it's been a true pleasure and honor to deliver movie nights to our wonderful members for 25 years. Thank you for being part of this incredible journey, including this final season of red envelopes. When you see, think of the red envelope. What's the series? What's the movie or TV show you remember? What does it make you think of? Um, oh my goodness. I, I knew this immediately. So I think that, so I never returned one of my movies. <laughs> That's a true story, but I did get episodes of, I was pretentious back then, the British office. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's where my mind went, and yeah. I knew that wasn't where anyone's mind should go. I could have. I, I don't think people that was a that was a popular thing before the American version of the office happened. I, I knew people that were watching the British office. Yeah. It was on HBO, right? They were pretentious. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I'm labeling I, a lot like of group. <laughs> <laughs> I think of uh the series of the two TV series of twenty four and lost. Because I can remember my wife and I like getting, you could get two discs at a time. So you get season one, season two, or, you know, two seasons back to back. And man, we would binge that in a weekend. <laughs> this is before we had kids, man. We would just sit there and do nothing but watch TV. You know, I don't know if I ever watched the movie that I never returned. What was the movie? I don't recall, but. You don't even remember the movie? I think that I still have it in like <laughs> on my DVD shelf. It's in the plastic container somewhere. Well, we need to know on a future pod. We need to know what movie this was. Can we, can we give odds on it? Three to one says it's basketball. <laughs> I can guarantee oh, it's oh. not. What if like 50 to one would be, what's the one with Harlan Williams where he goes to space? Uh, uh, Rocket man. Is yeah. it Rocket man? <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like movies from that like era um so i did rush hour two <laughs> rush hour three might have been out by that point that um, i was doing it yeah um so yeah if you uh still if you were still enrolled in the netflix dvd program good god man email us <laughs> please please dig into streaming it's a whole new world out there um, speaking of Netflix, we reviewed and talked about a movie called The Hatchet-Wielding Hitchhiker. 
on this pod. I vaguely remember it. It was in the news this week. Have you heard about this? This is crazy. Uh, A Kentucky man, according to Entertainment Weekly, is suing Netflix for more than a million dollars for the streamer's alleged misuse of his photo in the true crime documentary, The Hatchet-Wielding Hitchhiker. Is he the guy that got hatcheted? No. Taylor Hazelwood, who filed the complaint last week in Texas, has accused the streamer of defamation and misappropriation of likeness or right of publicity after one of his Instagram photos appeared in the documentary. So as we know, the documentary centers on Caleb Kai McGilvery. Um, this nomad who becomes an internet celebrity goes viral and Canadian later gets you know convicted of murder. Yes. Uh, what did I say? Well, I was oh, adding, I, didn't say. Yeah. I was adding that he was Canadian. Um, in the Instagram photo in question, Todd Hazelwood is holding a hatchet, but the photo was taken in or around June 2019 and reminded Hazelwood of his favorite childhood book, Hatchet, by Gary Paulson. So Hazelwood decided to take a picture with the tool, according to the complaint reviewed by Entertainment Weekly. However, this picture they showed, and like I don't know if they were just showing... Like they were, it was a vignette of hatchets or something. Oh, I do remember there being one where there's like a lot of people posing with like hatchets. hatchets. Okay. So he poses with this book. He said, the complaint is, is that this Hazelwood guy says it's not connected in any way to this story. Um, he didn't even know who this was. Hatchet. Phenomenal book. I will vouch for this guy. If he is genuine, that. I'd be inspired to take my photo with a hatchet because of the book Hatchet. Yeah. So he starts getting texts from his friends after this movie comes out. It's like one said, you know, WTF, which, you know, that's we don't like that kind of language. But it said, explain, please. While another text he got said, why are you on Netflix? Question mark. And so they just found this photo of him posing with this book in a hatchet (laughs) and used it in a documentary. Like, wait, what? And, like, I wish I knew someone that was on Netflix. Because I would message them and be like, dude, you're famous. I wouldn't be like, why are you posing with a hatchet? (laughs) Uh, His attorney says Mr. Hazelwood had no connection whatsoever to the people or events depicted in the film. Uh, His original Instagram post is tagged with this book and author, so there should have been no confusion by anyone doing their homework when sourcing content. So they claim they're claiming a lack of due diligence and they are suing uh, Netflix for lots of money. Take them to the bank. Yeah, that's wild. Or the cleaners, and then you go to the bank after you clean out. Yeah, I saw that and I was just like, are you kidding? Um, I'm team this guy until we find out that this photo was actually taken because he was team Kai. <laughs> I don't know. He's got a pretty convincing case. I don't know why he would make that up. Especially if he did a, a hashtag and he had the book. Yeah. I really yeah. liked the book. The book was good. What's I, the book about? Um, surviving in Alaska. Okay, yeah, so it's not even a true crime story. It's about no. a, it's a survivalist tale. Yes. Um, yeah, that's not even close. <laughs> so, like, Gary Paulson wrote a couple of books that were um, based around, like, surviving in 
like one of them a plane crashed and the kid survived and he had to survive the winter and yeah, yeah. no it's kind of like into the wild but not based on a real life story okay all right very good okay that's the little news items we had to talk about uh, stick around we're getting ready to talk about our main subject entitled is john wick good for us um we're gonna talk john wick potentially potentially not yeah take a seat sit back relax we'll be right back okay cody we're ready to talk about this um i'm full disclosure i've never seen any of the john wick movies Full disclosure, I have seen the first one, had every intention of seeing the second and third one, never did, and now there's a fourth one, and so I need to evidently binge watch two, three, and four. Oh. Because I actually enjoyed the first one. You enjoyed it. Okay. Um, I'm sure I might enjoy it because it taps into a deep human thing, um, but that's what I want to talk about. Yeah. And so um, since you've seen the first John Wick, I wondered if you might enlighten me. Because I, I know the general premise, but why don't you uh, give me a little summary? Okay, so imagine a world I'm where in a world <laughs> with Keanu Reeves, and he well, full stop. I don't have to imagine a world with Keanu Reeves because <laughs> he's in this one, and he's awesome. Okay, well Keanu Reeves is in this world, but he's known as John Wick, um, and he has a significant other. He is in love. But she has the cancer. Oh, no. Tragic, I know. Um, she dies from cancer. Oh, man. Early on, like, it's rapid. But she knew a biblical truth. And that was, it's not good for man to be alone. Yeah. So she gifts him a dog. Mm. And everyone loves dogs. That's Except true. for the weird cat people that don't like dogs. Um, we're, we're not going to talk about them. We love you too, though, cat Yes. Brothers. Just don't um, want to, we don't want to come over. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm allergic. <laughs> anyway, um, so John happens to be part of like kind of a a group of assassins, I guess, for hire, as one is. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sure, sure, sure. I'm following. Um, but someone takes out a hit on him. Oh, no. He survives. Don't worry. The dog sadly doesn't. Oh, no. And this triggers a world of pain for everyone affiliated with the slaying of this dog. Mm. Because it was the last remnants of a love from his wife. Literally, the week after she dies, this dog is delivered with a note in his wife's handwriting that says, something about it's not good for you to be alone. (laughs) I love you. Does she quote the Bible? Take care of this dog. In my mind, she does. It's been years <laughs> since I've watched it. We're just going to say she does. Yes. Okay. Um, and so he basically kicks butt, takes names. Everyone dies, not named John Wick or John Wick's friends. So. Okay. All right. Um, Accurate now. synopsis. To the best of your ability, why did this become a sensation? Why do people like this movie? There's a couple factors. I mean, obviously Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves 
Renaissance was at its full. <gasps> Keanu Sans. <laughs> yes. Because, um, like, right after John Wick, we get the uh, Keanu movie by Key and Peele about the cat. I'm not familiar with that one. What's, uh, what's this one? Is there, what is this, a comedy? Yeah. And, like, their, Keanu cat, in it? their cat gets kidnapped. And their cat's name is Keanu. Oh, I vaguely recall that now. Yeah. So Keanu Renaissance, uh, the Keanu Sans was in full effect. Mm. Um, also, again, a lot of people really love dogs, but a lot of people really do like action movies. Mm-hmm. Like I remember back in the 90s watching TNT and TBS on the weekends, and you would get. Jean-Claude Van Damme and um, um, what's his name? Uh, Seagull. Jason Seagull? Or is that a, no, no, not Jason Seagull. Uh, Steven Seagull. Steven Seagull. Different dude. Yes. <laughs> and like then you'd get like Rambo and you'd get Chuck Norris and um, you'd get all these like shooting action films. And this is a shooting action film where they do cool things. Um, it was everything that Wanted was supposed to be, but it actually delivered. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's a revenge tale. It is. Especially when you consider that he does this all because they killed this dog. And revenge tales are, are deeply satisfying to us. And we'll get into this later. But basically it's because... We love to imagine retribution to people that hurt us, right? The, we live in a culture that desires uh, just, they call it, we call it justice, Cody. Um, but that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about revenge. retribution. Retribution. I think that's the way to put it. And um, I don't want to put it all on the culture now. I just think it's worse now because um, actually this is the thing in most action movies. Let's not forget that part of the satisfaction of Die Hard is that John or John Wick, <laughs> John McClane is yeah. just super upset that these dudes are getting in the way of him reconciling with his wife. Ruining a good Christmas. Yeah. Let's talk about Taken. Oh, how dare you take Liam Neeson's daughter? <laughs> um, do you not know this guy trained Batman? <laughs> he was Aslan the Lion in the Chronicles of Narnia, and he trained old Ben Kenobi. Why are you messing with him? You are about to be taken. <laughs> I don't know who you are or where, you, where you're going, but I have a special set of skills, and I will find you. I will kill you. Yeah, There's something... I remember seeing that in the theater. I do, too. And there's something just deeply satisfying about him going on a mission to rescue his still alive daughter, by the way. Oh yeah. Um, uh, so it's not like, it's not like unforgiven with Clint Eastwood mm-hmm. where that's sort of a lot of Westerns. True grit is, is a revenge tale. La beef. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I, I want to be easy on the culture of today, but it does seem like it's worse today. And maybe John wick drops at the right time. Uh, to really become a sensation. And so like, I, I want to be careful because I don't want to, you know, anyone who likes John Wick 
I'm not what we're not saying is, oh, you're a bad person if you like these movies. I liked it. Cody's not a bad person because <laughs> he liked the movie. Um, because they've been making this has been a part of human entertainment for like a long time. Kill Bill. Oh yeah. Comes to mind. The whole story. Kill William part one, part two. William. <laughs> Deceased William. Uh it's it's a movie about revenge. It's Uma Thurman plays the bride. She was part of a team. The team turned on her and she hunts them down. She does. And again, a lot of these movies I feel do a good job of like the cinematography makes the skills that they're using look really cool. Mm. And then you play on the re- the revenge portion and it just amps it up another degree. What about Mean Girls? <sighs> Not an action movie. You go, Glenn Coco. But is it about revenge? She joins the group to try and get back at them. Oh, yeah, because the not-so-cool kids she was hanging out with at the beginning uh, despised the cool girls uh, that wore pink on Wednesdays. Um, And um, so it was kind of a way to get back and... Down you go, Regina George. (laughs) Django Unchained. Quentin Tarantino, as it turns out, has a real thing for revenge tales. He does. Like, his middle name might be Revenge. Yeah. Django, of course, is trying to free his wife Mm -hmm. uh, from slave owner Leonardo DiCaprio, whoever he plays. I don't remember. Um, A guy that cuts his hand. And Leo cut his hand in real Mm -hmm. life in that scene. Stephen King has ventured into this genre. What? Remember a a story called Carrie? Loosely based on not my real life story. (laughs) (laughs) There Cody was in high school. Burgeoning telepathic telekinesis powers and being bullied awfully. What will he do with these growing powers? Well, clearly he's going to slaughter his classmates supernaturally. As one does. <laughs> um, the horror genre is filled with vengeful villains. Actually. Oh, yeah. Um, so um, Jason, mm-hmm. um, he's not in his first movie, Friday the 13th. It's the mom that's the killer. Spoiler alert if you hadn't watched it. Um, but after that, he's seeking revenge because he was either drowned or was allowed to drown at this camp and they killed his mom. Yeah. Um, and Mikey Myers, depending on what movie you're in, he has a potential revenge plot. Um, although yeah, it just keeps going. It was a big thing in the eighties horror genre. Freddy Krueger, uh, haunts, comes back and haunts the children of the people who took him out. Like Freddie was not a good person in, in his no. uh, regular life, but they burn him alive. They and do. then he comes back to haunt the dreams of the kids of these people. And it's, so it's a revenge tale. And I, I my, my, what I'm trying to point out is this is a very, very common theme. You remember a movie called hard candy? Yes. Starring Elliot page. Um, yes. This was before he transitioned. He so, was uh, Ellen, Ellen Page, Page at this time. Yes. And he, she. That one was intense. Yeah. It's it's a catfishing tale, right? Yeah. Uh, and she traps a, uh, Elliot now traps a 
man who is apparently a pedophile. We find that uh-huh. out kind of at the end. And it's, again, this, like, revenge played for... Uh, it's the feel-good kind of revenge. It's retribution, right? Well, this is a bad person, and I'm going to take vengeance on this person. And that one, I didn't know how I felt after I watched Hard Candy. I felt I felt uh, weirdly satisfied, but also gross. Judge, jury, and executioner, that Elliot Page. Yeah, and that was before I was a Christian. I watched that movie, and I still felt um, kind of weird about it. So the Rambo flicks? Oh, yeah, First Blood? first blood all i wanted was something to eat right yeah he's just passing through town and brian denny he's a jerk to him exactly and next thing you know poor david caruso's getting hit with a booby trap and the forest spikes going through his midsection it happens to the best of us rainbow (laughs) made those booby traps awfully fast he really did but when you are a, a veteran and you had to survive and do everything yeah. you t- could do to survive. Trained to eat things that would make a billy goat puke. Yep. That's what Colonel Troutman told me. Uh, Ocean's Eleven. Mm. Seems like it's just a heist by a bunch of professional thieves. Yeah. Turns out George Clooney had an ulterior motive. George! Revenge on Terry Benedict, played by Andy Garcia, who was involved with... T- Clooney's wife. How dare you? Uh, Especially considering it took George forever to get married. <laughs> Gone Girl, The Crow. Um, I'm going to go with a very popular one that most of us don't acknowledge. Yep. Batman. Oh, yeah. Because even in mm-hmm. uh, Christopher Nolan's trilogy, Batman Begins. Why does Bruce come back to the city? He's out for revenge against the person that killed his parents. And then um, that guy ends up dying, but he knows that it's the mob boss that really hired that guy to kill uh, his parents. And so he has to get trained by Liam Neeson, who has a special set of skills. (laughs) He does. Um, this is a, a an article written on literaryhub.com. The, the headline says, actually, killing a dog was more than enough to justify John Wick's revenge quest. I was team John Wick as soon as the dog was in harm's way. <laughs> Subheadline, we love the dog and every explicative who killed the dog should die. As a pastor, I can't say they should die, <laughs> but they will eventually. Uh, these, these, so they, they interviewed like real um, people for this, this article, like real, the creators and uh, Basil Iwanek. Oh, let's start with Ray Morton, senior writer. I was going to say Basil. That's a unique name there ray morton the senior writer for script magazine says about john wick the story structure is really clever if the film didn't open the way it did with a bloody and battered john pulling up to the vet's office in the battered car which tips us off that we're watching a thriller and an action picture for the first 20 minutes we would have thought this was just a drama about a grieving man coping with the death of his beloved wife mm-hmm. after things take a darker turn when the russian creeps he meets at a gas station invade his home kill his dog steal his car we might have still assumed we're watching a standard drama, perhaps about rising crime in the suburbs. 
But then when they recognize John's car and Vigo tells Iosef, is it Iosef or Joseph? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. Who Wick is. At that point, we would have realized this may not be the standard drama after all. And then when Wick wipes out the team of assassins sent to kill him, we would have known for sure we're not watching a standard drama. But even though the opening scene has already told us this is going to be a thriller and action film, nothing prepares us for the Continental. Once Wick passes through its doors, we realize that the movie has just left our reality and has entered an alternate universe where anything can happen. Mm -hmm. From that moment on, we have no idea where the movie is going to go. So hang on tight. Wait to see where it takes us. All of this, he says, works so well that I kind of wish they cut the opening scene because then the movie would have been more surprising than it already is. But he's getting at this ride. It's almost like a ride you're on. It is a ride. And it has to do with retribution, revenge. Basil Iwanek says, my theory was there are so many action movies and the premise is really familiar. Oh, you killed my wife, which we've seen about a million times, he says. We have. You've killed my brother. You've killed my dad. I was a Navy SEAL in Afghanistan. I got betrayed. I was a cop. DEA agent killed my partner. Uh, 98% of the audience really doesn't know how to understand it, but we identify with the feelings. And I thought to myself as I'm watching this, oh my goodness, what if someone killed my dog and stole my car? I I always went to the idea of the wife dying, but leaves the dog to the husband, says you need to keep loving in your life. Start with this. That Uh was the element. That was the memory of his wife, and then that gets killed? That was the memory. It's so tactile and down to earth, he said. People who wouldn't ordinarily watch an action movie would go, oh my goodness, don't mess with my dog. I'll go off. You're right. Okay. So what is this tapping into? What? First of all, this is a tale as old as time. Let's just, the Count of Monte Cristo. The Princess Bride. <laughs> How, let's go all the way back. Homer, the Odyssey. Ooh. When Odysseus is coming home from the Trojan War and he's sidetracked, his wife, everyone thinks he's dead. He comes home in disguise to find that his wife is being courted by suitors. Ooh. Do you remember what he does to the suitors? Remind me. He kills them <gasps> in vengeance for hitting on his wife while he was fighting off, off in war. So this is clearly a story that resonates with humans. My question is, is this good for us? Is this good for us? Mm. Um, it's very interesting to me because... <sighs> I don't know. And this time and place, uh, let me explain why I haven't seen the John Wick movies. I've had the opportunity. Um, he hates Keanu Reeves. Let me let me tell you a little bit about my story. Um, my parents got divorced when I was very young. Uh, my first stepdad was physically abusive. Now, that relationship didn't last long. My mom didn't stick with that, obviously, for very long. That's good. And, uh, but we were moving around a lot. I got bullied a lot because I was always the new kid. Uh, my second stepdad, my mom got remarried again, um, started off fine, but he, looking back, I think he felt like he was competing with me for my mom's affection. You know, I don't know why I can't explain that. It just, I'm trying to put a reason to the why, why he might've been cruel to me. And there was what I would classify as mental abuse or he just didn't like me very much. And um, it was constant. And and I wouldn't just say that if it was just me, but there were witnesses and people that observed 
him being unkind to me. And, and like, listen, we got past all that. Cause after I moved away, everything we got, we reconciled fine. Okay. And he's not around anymore. He passed away. And so I don't want it to sound like, Oh my, my stepdad sucked. And that's the point of the story. No, no, actually it's far from it. Um, because the man I was at a very young age, I had a hard time in high school and basically I was a mess and I was very broken and I hated everybody. And what I wanted more than anything was everyone else to feel the pain that they had delivered to me. That was my look on life. And like, look, these movies we're talking about, I loved them. I loved a good revenge story. And since coming to Christ, since setting out in ministry, having a worldview of, hey, everyone's broken and my days of wanting retribution are over. I don't want that. I don't want more brokenness. I don't want to feed the system. Um, I just, these kind of shows, they just don't call to me. And that again is not like, look, you, your life will lead you to different places and different entertainment. This just happens to be mine. Um, where this just doesn't, it's not that I think it's bad. It just doesn't interest me. I have no interest in it. So I will say, cause the article you referenced, uh, did remind me that the continental, um, is a huge portion of John wick that like from then on it, the retribution part is, is over. Like, He's moved on. It's now him, the trained assassin killer, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of action films need kind of that launching place of why we go into the full on action. Because after a while, I think that I tune out the retribution factor, especially if the retribution's already been served, but they just keep on going on. Um, I do definitely see your perspective though that um if revenge retribution um a false sense of justice uh is something that has been a part of your life has been a motivating factor of your life um but is no longer something you want to feed i i definitely get why you wouldn't tune in um, to these movies. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it's a trigger. Yes. Like I, when I say that I felt that way, it dominated my life and led me down a path that was very dark for me. It's, it's very much like I've heard it explained sometimes that that anger inside you can just burn you up from the inside. Mm -hmm. And that's how, that's how I feel. That's how I look back on my past. That's how I felt. And I don't want to feel that again. And so, um, it would feel very strange for me to watch a movie that is like, listen, Die Hard's one thing, but he's in the situation not of his own making. He just falls into the situation and he's just trying to navigate it to get out of the situation. He's just trying to get home for the holidays. Whereas the way I understand John Wick, it's he seeks revenge. He seeks revenge. And this is why. I thought I'd talk about this and that that this at this time and place in our culture, it it plays well because I think that's what we want. Now, um, if you go on Twitter, I was reading a story today, a story about, I don't know, maybe you heard this. You probably heard about this story. Everyone did about the young black kid 
who knocked on the wrong door. This happened near us. It happened in Kansas City. 84-year-old man sees the kid knocking on his door and just shoots him right through the door. Um, and it, it, he was white. The kid was black. And if you go on Twitter, and, and I was looking at comments, they're about what you would expect. Um, the, the, the comments were like, this dude needs to fry. And like, like look, I get it. Uh, you should be angry. There's the response, the feeling we get is meant to draw us towards justice, right? We see something that's not right and we feel anger. Um, and it's meant to turn us towards something. I, I saw another thing, a, a video today. It was a wrestling match, like middle school age kids. And again, it was a, a white kid and a black kid. And the white kid pinned the black kid and they got up and the white kid extended his hand to shake it. And the other guy just cold cocked him, uh, sucker punched him. And again, the comments below were weird because you had the people who were like, well, this kid needs to get arrested. But then there were the other comments like, well, we don't know what that kid said to him. And it was just weird. We do this now where it's, we imagine um, first of all, we want retribution. And then every time we see something happen, it was like, well, what'd they do mm-hmm. as if, as if violence is an acceptable response. Like at what point do we, do we say this is not an acceptable response for any, is any kind of response? Like, it's just, I don't know. I, I have this weird feeling when I think about movies, this movie series playing well now. And it does make me uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable that this is a movie series like dedicated to the idea of revenge and that people love that. We love it. Well, the series isn't. The first movie is. It, so it's not. It's not. He killed everyone that killed this dog. Okay. So there's no elements of revenge in John Wick 2 or 3? So I think it's the fourth one that you have some elements because he just wants to get out. Of okay. The assassin killing game. He's an assassin. He kills. Okay. Yeah, he's not a great dude. Right? So, um my my takeaway um is I think it really depends on what your motivation is. What um you're bringing into these uh viewings of these movies. Um for example, I don't think that like someone that um, yeah, I'll use me as an example. My childhood was relatively uneventful. Um, like not too many, like significant highs, not too many significant lows. It was just childhood. Like both my parents are still together. Um, we lived in the same house. We didn't get a dog until I was in high school. <laughs> True story. Um, and so like for me, this movie, it's just like, oh, I love the action sequences. Holy mm-hmm. cow. They're phenomenal looking. Um, Keanu Reeves is playing brooding really well for the longest time. I didn't think Keanu Reeves did much well, um, because the matrix and the more, actually more of the sequels to the matrix. I thought they were trash and it was really easy to pick on Keanu back then, but he's mm. a really nice guy. Evidently. I apologize, Keanu. Um, anyway, but, uh, for me, 
it means nothing, the revenge component. Um, for some people who have been wronged and they won't get a sense of justice on this side of the grave, um, it could be something that is like something to rejoice in in the fact that a right ha- or a wrong has been righted. Mm-hmm. That um, these evil, corrupt beings who prosper like nobody's business get their just desserts. Um, and you reap what you sow. Yes, and so I, I'll, I'll go back to um, Ecclesiastes. Um, usually, we don't dive too deep into the Bible, but I'll dive into this. Um, the author of Ecclesiastes writes about how um, the the righteous toil and labor and pain and um, the unrighteous um, have a glorious gain, mm-hmm. and that um, literally there's a time and a season for everything under the sun, and that. Ah, sometimes bad people get great things and they live a terrific life. Sometimes the people that we say are some of the best people we know have a horrible draw in life, um, a horrible lot, if you will. Um, and so, although we cannot control real life, we can control fiction. And so, sometimes seeing that might be cathartic. But if we are only motivated by revenge, and that's where we dwell, and we let our anger uh, last more than sundown, and we just keep living in it, not only does that, um, it's not good for our our spiritual life, because we are called to love, but... It's not good for our our mental health. When you dwell in anger uh, and you dwell in um, stress and worry about um, getting revenge or getting uh, what's yours, um, it it takes a toll on you. It affects your mental health significantly. You'll lose sleep. Um, You'll be more negative mindset, have a more negative mindset about everything, even things that brought you joy. You'll still be negative about. It won't bring you that same joy um, because you've retrained and rewired your brain for that. And then it's not good on your physical health. Those that live in stress, their uh, chances of heart disease goes up exponentially. Um, their chances of a stroke goes up exponentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, their immune system gets weakened. Um, all these things have a cumulative effect. So it's not good for us to dwell in that land. Um, so something that the Old Testament does is they would name, uh, like everywhere they went, they would name a well. And sometimes the wells were named after great things, and sometimes they were named after sad things and horrible things and anger and this is the well of sadness and like some wells you're not meant to dwell at too long Mm. 
You're not meant to drink from it all the time because that well isn't the well that's going to give you everlasting life, hope, love, compassion, those things. It's just for a season. Move on to a better well. Okay. That's where I'll end my spiel. And I think, like you said that, by the way, well well put. That was eloquent and um, I think exactly what I was looking for, uh, hoping you would contribute. Uh, because that was all uh, very good. My concern is this. What if we're drinking at the well of anger Mm -hmm. hardcore right now in this place in our culture? And John, there's nothing wrong with John Wick. There's nothing, like I said, you're not a bad person if you like that movie. Um, Lots of people like that movie. You're not a bad person if you like Taylor Swift, who says, this is one of her own quotes, there's nothing I do better than revenge. Burn. Yeah, that's Taylor Swift. My 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 question is more of is there is there a time is the the writer of Ecclesiastes have we passed is there a time to be angry? Is there a time to want retribution? Is this good for us now? Because uh right now our culture is very much bent on retribution and revenge. Now Human beings have always been that way. These are why these stories resonate with us. I think what I'm trying to get at now is, is the problem that, is the problem that right now we just don't have the balance? And and I'll tell you what I mean. Is, is, Is anger serving us well at this point? present time because we live in a time where words are violence, right? Um, Mm -hmm. If you talk about certain groups in a way where you say, I disagree with the way they're living life or whatever. And like not even saying the right and wrong of whether you should be allowed to do that or be able to do that or the specific groups who that might be a thing for. There is a significant portion of our culture that says, yes, words are violence. And so now we can repay actual physical violence and look these mass shootings we're having these people all have manifestos mostly manifestos of like hey this is the damage being done to me and i'm going to repay it to you in actual physical damage but the problem is is did their damage come from words and this is my this is my thing is like in this time and place does a movie like john wick just become a snuff film is it just satisfying our deepest most fleshly desires of revenge regardless of hey man some filmmaker put his heart into that and made cool action sequences and made a slick movie and technically sound and it was a good movie my problem is timing more than anything else and and this uncomfortable feeling i get when i think about watching it and i just don't know where we're at because again i think in the grand scheme of humanity, this just hits a nerve with us. And we like that. We like the fantasy of retribution. Mm-hmm. But what about when the fantasy is becoming reality in a lot of minds? I think that's where I'm going with this. So like there was an article that I perused um, today preparing for this topic. Cause Rambo always comes to my mind. <laughs> um, at first, he's upset with the, the sheriff, police department, whatever. 
Then it's the U.S. government, and it just keeps going and going. Um, but the most recent uh, Rambo that came out in 2019, I didn't watch it because I'm like, oh, Rambo should have ended at the last one. Um, but the article was titled, uh, "Rambo: The New Rambo is Revenge Porn. <laughs> and... Um, that definitely is a, a reality um, for us that uh, like movies that something can become an addiction uh, to the level that we attribute to pornography and other things. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we get addicted to that. But uh, what you were saying, um, like, in real life, we're seeing this play out in real life scenarios that people are um, taking matters into their own hands for better or for worse. Um, and it's to the detriment of us as a society. Um, I would say that um, we, that social media and the 24-hour news cycle and pop culture and um, the lack of a message of hope, even from people who are supposed to be hopeful, like the church. Because right now I would say a lot of churches um, are not necessarily preaching a message of hope mm. um, because we're um, clouded or corrupted by our our politics, by our own vices, whatever they may be. And I, I think that the cumulative effect is, is not good, especially for people that don't have a resiliency factor built up within them that like, oh, this is a season, it's going to pass. Um, for the most part, most of us are okay, we're safe. If more people get into a calm frame of mind, the better life will be. Um, and so some people can have that mindset, but not everyone. And so when you get these messages over and over, you see the hateful rhetoric over and over. You see the, the violence over and over, whether in movies or video games or whatever, um, it, it takes its toll. And something that I hope that can happen next month or two, um, we, we, we have to plan out our schedule, but uh, we might actually get a mental health expert because, like, I'm in mental health, but I'm not going to label myself an expert, but might have a mental health expert join us on a future pod in the not-so-distant future, and um, that'd be great. Yeah. And I think you're getting at what I'm thinking about is the balance. I think these stories are as old as humanity, that these stories, obviously they touch nerve in us that there's something about them we like, but we've always had the balance. There's also the story of return of the Jedi mm -hmm. where Luke in his anger and rage wants to, to kill the emperor wants to strike down his father. Who's turned into this killing machine, Darth Vader. But then what does he choose? says no i'm not gonna fight yeah and 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 we recognize the spider-man peter parker after his uncle ben is killed he he goes after the killer and 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 in his rage wants to kill him 
But the words of his uncle keep echoing in his mind. With great power comes great responsibility. It's it's the bedrock of Spider-Man, right? Is that he learns in that moments that retribution is not the answer. It's not reconciliation. That reconciliation is what we're after. Mm-hmm. That the revenge is empty, right? Um, you, you kill the dude, it doesn't make you happy. I would also go back to Batman, but I would go to the most recent, the Batman. He starts off... I am vengeance. Yeah, the whole movie's about this this and, topic. And then at the very end, he's like, nah, forget yeah. that. He he comes to the same conclusion. He's like, it's empty. Is this this isn't really the way because I don't get my parents back. Yeah. After that's done. I need to be a light for Gotham and provide hope and help them. Not just go after the scum of the earth. And my my worry is kind of what you were talking about, that it's a snowball effect in a way. Um, let me take you back to 1999 to Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris and the shooting at Columbine, which is really, I mean, mass violence has always been a thing in humanity. But I think 1999 and Columbine was the first time I really remember recognizing that something like this could happen. And do you, if you remember, they left notes, they left journals. They were, they were bullied, they left all these reasons why they were doing it, but they were motivated, like, not motivated, that's not the right word, influenced by things. Like, I think about, um, I think Pearl Jam's Jeremy uh, yeah. came under scrutiny, which was basically about a boy who's bullied and gets violent with his classmates, right? Um, so Jeremy actually is based on a real-life story yeah. um, about a kid who he... I think that he does act out in violence towards them, but then he kills himself in front of the class. Yeah. And which it's not, not, it's not any better. It's not any better. It's still a form of revenge. It's like, now I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you see what you've done to me and scar you. Right. Here's, but here's what I'm getting at. How many mass shootings over the years have listed Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris's influences? I know the Parkland shooter did in Florida. They studied them. They said, if I'm bullied, then I could do this too. Um, it snowballs. That 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 revenge just kind of uh, keeps on building and building and building, and we can't get enough of it, and then it spreads to other people, and and all of a sudden we think it's the right way, and, and, and I don't know. I just don't know. I think about all this when I'm thinking about that. And again... This is the stories we love, but we used to have more balance. I think Um, even Batman, like one of the things people didn't like about Zack Snyder's Batman, he was angry and violent. He kills people in Batman. He uses guns. I'm like, what about our one rule? We have one. That's not Batman, right? Several comic book purists were like, that's not Batman. Because in Christopher Nolan's, uh, he has one of the uh, mobsters hanging upside down. And uh, he's like, "Um, I'm going to let you fall. And he's like, that won't kill me. And he's like, I'm counting on it. Batman Begins is all about that main subject. Why does he leave the League of Shadows? Because he he won't bring retribution. Remember they they yeah. got the thief and they uh, Liam Neeson Liam Neeson tells them to kill him that he's a criminal that he deserves it and uh, he's like and Ross he balks Al-Ghul. he's like no I can't do that I can't it's not right um, we used to have that balance yeah and I I think that 
Hollywood, I don't feel, has changed a whole lot. Mm. I think the political climate that we're in yeah. has changed a lot. Um, I think that the social constructs we have have changed a lot, especially considering now anyone really has access to anyone through a random post on whatever social media platform. Yeah, I might accidentally come across someone that lives in Taiwan um, and they might come across someone that lives in Nigeria and like literally you have the potential. It's a slow probability, but you have a potential of impacting someone and what you put out there can either build someone up or tear them down or leave them neutral. Um, like I don't think my Patrick Mahomes post tears too many people down. No, no. Except for Raiders fans. But here's the thing. I think the words are violence. People are actually right. Mm-hmm. I think violence is violence. And I think we've just immersed ourselves a little too much into it without the balance. So think about even the superhero genre. Who are the most popular superheroes? The anti-heroes. We love Venom. We love the Punisher. Um, that weird cult following of the crow. Yeah. The, 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 the heroes of yesteryear were Captain America and Batman, Superman, Spider-Man. They had this moral code that they weren't going to take life. That's why I don't like Man of Steel. The first half of Man of Steel is great. The second half, when it devolves into like just this demolition crew, and then he ends up killing Zod at the end of it, even though if Zod kind of forces him into it, it changes fundamentally what the character of Superman is about. Yeah. And, and, and this is what I like it. It's I, and, and this is what I'm saying. Everything has to be an anti-hero. We're making this shift. And in our fantasy movies, like think about the fantasy genre. What's the biggest thing in fantasy? Game of Thrones? Mm-hmm. Where it's all about s- subversion. Like there's nothing good in the world of Game of Thrones. There's no one good. There's nothing good. Everybody's out for themselves. Everybody's double crossing. Every it's awful. Well, I mean, just think back a handful of years ago when every popular book that was being made into movies was about kids having to uh, correct the the adult actions and seek revenge because adults had just ruined the whole world. Yeah, Hunger Games, Divergent, um, the, the whole Maze YA Runner. genre. Yeah, like basically, adults are bad. Kids are the only hope we got, and the only good adult is a dead adult <laughs> in the Hunger Games. What happened to the balance? What happened to a young hobbit who sees the evil and the awfulness that Gollum brings and wishes death on him? Where is the character of Gandalf in today's stories that says many that live deserve death? Some that die deserve life. Can you give it to them? Then then do not be too eager to deal out death in judgment. Where's that balance? When I first read that line, when I first read Fellowship of the Ring, and that I got to that line, I wept. Like that that line hit me in an emotional place at that time in my life where I was just hating. I just hated people. And and that line just really got, I mean, pierced my heart. Oh, Gandalf, you yeah. wise wizard, you. <laughs> All right. 
Anything else you'd like to say before um, we close it down? Again, um, I I think that it really depends on the person. If John Wick is not so great for us or not, I don't know if it does any real good besides yeah. like the entertainment. Like if it's a popcorn flick for you that like. You just take it in numbingly that you're yeah. not really ingesting. Absolutely. Um, that, but um, for the most part, to answer the question, no. Your your anger, your vengeance, it does not do you well. And Game of Thrones essentially is a tale about revenge as well. The you want you want the the Starks to get revenge, right? That's the driving force. Uh George R. R. Martin subverts that by, you know, killing off more of the Starks and scattering them. Just like adults in Hunger Games. It's delayed gratification, though, because, you know, we assume at the end of the story there will be some modicum of Stark vengeance. I don't assume because that story's never coming out. No, it's probably not. Um, but yeah, that I, and listen, I love the Game of Thrones books, I read them. Um, and I enjoyed them. And so I'm not judging if you like that. But what Cody says is true. It's all about what you are primed to handle. And I think at this phase of my life, like, it's not that I don't think other people shouldn't watch John Wick. It's I don't think I should. Because mm -hmm. I can remember a time in my life where the driving force and energy in my life was retribution. So if I could piggyback off what you just said. Yes, I really feel that this is something that Christians should take note of. You said you can't tell others not to watch it, but that yeah. for you, it's yeah. something you can't watch at this point in time. Yeah. That you shouldn't watch at this point in time. And so, um, oftentimes we speak on behalf of others, we tell others what to do. Yeah. Um, it's a lot easier to remove um, the splinter out of a brother's eye than to remove the plank out of our own. Mm. And so huh, be mindful of you because yes. your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health is what matters. And so if you can handle it, great. If you can't, don't watch it, please. And if it's nothing that really in intrigued you to begin with, don't worry about it. Yeah. I'd sure love to hear what other folks think about uh, the, the topic of vengeance and retribution in stories. Um, does it affect you in any other way? Are you someone like me? Or are you someone like the masses? Um, yeah, most people can watch John Wick and be fine. It's entertainment. Um, so, yeah, definitely reiterating that again. Not in any way telling you you shouldn't watch it uh, or shouldn't take in the stories or listen to T-Swift. You Swifties. I do enjoy me some good Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us what you think on this topic. Have you thought these thoughts? Have it, has it never occurred to you? What do you think about the timing? Is it is it the timing, our time and place where our culture can be a little angry and want retribution? Is John Wick good for us? That was the question. Answer? I don't know. It's a good answer. I, I don't know. It's a safe one. Uh, we're the ones that are broken, not not the entertainment. Although, it by proxy of us creating it, it's broken too. But everything's broken. <laughs> hey, we used to like gangster rap, so you know, 
true story. Yeah. Hey, uh, make sure and subscribe to the pod if you haven't already. Uh, give us a review. Uh, that always helps out too. Follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and all of that. Drop us a line on this pod when we post it. Tell us what you thought about all this. We'll see you next time. Pop